my loves. Welcome back to the Balance Bond Podcast, Soul on Fire. I am so excited to share today's guest with you, Jessie Golden. It is so perfect that she is my 200th guest on the show. I cannot believe I've been doing this podcast since 2016. Thank you so much for listening and for being here. If you have been here since episode one, then please reach out to me so I can connect with you personally, which is my favorite thing to do. And thank you. And it's so wild, 200 episodes. If you guys follow pretty closely, then you know that 201, 201 is my number my lucky number, my angel number, my angel, my number that follows me everywhere. So 201 is going to be a celebration episode. I'm not going to tell you guys what it is yet. We'll let it be a surprise, but it's going to be special and I can't wait. And this is special too. And the number two is actually Jesse, our guests, lucky number angel number. So there's no coincidences ever. And the really interesting thing that I think about all the time is that Joe Rogan, who is one of the top podcasters, everybody listens to his podcast. He said that he didn't feel comfortable podcasting until I think he said episode four or 500. So if that goes to show you that all of us who podcast, we are just learning as we go. I listen to all my episodes because I always have something to learn from my guests and also something to learn from myself and the way that I could improve and do something a little bit differently next time. So 200 episodes, it's a celebration and I'm so happy that you're here. And if this is your first time listening to the podcast, then welcome. This is the Soul on Fire podcast, where we talk all about setting our souls on fire with spiritual teachers, with interesting humans of all kinds. We have had so many different types of people on the podcast. We've had shamans, we've had CEOs, we have had mediums and channelers, we have had activists, we have had nutritionists, doctors, everything. And Jessie is such a phenomenal human. She is into holistic health. She has the Golden Secrets skincare and lifestyle brand, which was originally a blog. She is thriving with rheumatoid arthritis. She's a mom, a podcaster, an author, um, so many different things. She also just got married. She inspires me to no end. I'm so happy to know her and to have gotten close to her. And we just have so many similarities in this beautiful spiritual world, which you guys will come to see in this episode from Pleiadian light beings to um, different ways that we've learned to heal, opened up spiritually from our chronic illnesses, the way that we choose to look at illness as a gift without being... um, without turning a blind eye to the fact that it's also hard to exist with a chronic illness. She spent a year of her life bedridden, which we know I can relate to. It was hard for me to not say, oh my God, same to everything that we talked about in this episode, but just know that I related to every single thing that she said. I cannot wait for her to share her story with you guys. You're going to love it. If you feel inspired to rate and review the podcast on iTunes, send me a screenshot to Jordan at The Balance so I can thank you and send you a free gift that I send to everyone who rates and reviews. And before we get into the episode, I want to thank our sponsor for today's show, Athletic Greens. 
Athletic Greens is the daily greens powder that I have been obsessed with for all of quarantine. Everybody knows I like to start my morning with my daily green juice, but sometimes when I'm not staying at my parents, hint, hint, I do not make my celery juice first thing in the morning. And on those days, I start my day with athletic greens. And then if I do start with celery juice, I just have athletic greens right afterwards because it is full of 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food sourced ingredients. Just an amazing way to start your day. It's helpful for so many different things, energy, recovery, gut health, immune support. And as always, we have a special offer for you guys. When you shop athleticgreens.com slash blonde, B-L-O-N-D-E, then you will get the special offer for our Soul on Fire listeners and you will receive the free vitamin D and K2 wellness bundle with your first purchase with Athletic Greens. So you will actually receive a whole year's supply of vitamin D as added value when you purchase Athletic Greens, which is delicious, comprehensive, all-in-one, and everybody needs that daily dose of vitamin D, you guys. I know we are not all getting outside enough, especially the winter's coming up. You're going to need that boost, so you'll have it laying around. So use that code BLONDE. And to tell you a little bit more about the product, I drink it every day. It helps to fill in those nutritional gaps in your diet. So no matter how healthy you eat, we all need that added boost of vitamins and minerals. It is diet-friendly for people who are keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, and beyond. And it only has one gram of sugar. So we know I keep a very low sugar, low glycemic lifestyle. And mainly I love the way it makes me feel. It makes me feel really alert in the morning. It gives me improved focus. It increases my energy, which is huge because you guys know I suffer from low energy because of Lyme and I really need that added boost. I was e- I was even able to stop taking my daily multivitamin because I'm getting all my vitamins and minerals and so many nutrients in this product. So try them out, Athletic Greens. Go to athleticgreens.com slash blonde to claim that special offer, which is up to one year supply of vitamin D. You would be hard pressed to find a more comprehensive nutritional bundle anywhere else. You guys got to try it. That is athleticgreens.com slash blonde. I know you'll love it. Now let's head into this episode with Jesse Golden. Jesse, I'm so excited that you're here and that I get to share you with our Soul on Fire audience today. We have so many similarities and so much in common, and I'm just excited that we get to do this interview in person. Thank goodness. So introduce yourself to our Soul on Fire audience. Tell us a little about you. Hey, you guys. First of all, I want to say thank you so much for getting me out of the house Yes, <laughs> and reconnecting. It's such an honor and a pleasure to be here. Well, my name is Jesse Golden, and I am a mother to a 16-year-old boy. I'm the uh, founder of a skincare line called The Golden Secrets. Uh, I'm a yoga teacher, a holistic health practitioner, and I like to say that I have been thriving with rheumatoid arthritis for 12 years. (laughs) I love that you say that. You know, before I ever was diagnosed with chronic illness, I watched you go because we've been following each other for so many years. Yes. And I always thought that you were such a badass with your rheumatoid 
rheumatoid arthritis and your physical practice that you have with yoga and exercise and how strong you are. Mm-hmm. And I always felt like she is so strong. <laughs> I cannot believe that she's thriving with this with this major mm-hmm. chronic inflammatory illness. Yeah. And then of course, as the years went on, I started developing so many weird symptoms myself and then got diagnosed with Lyme. And I'm so curious your thoughts on this, but I feel like Lyme, arthritis, all of those kind of inflammatory autoimmune diseases are so similar. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I kind of feel like energetically they're all the same. Yeah. Yeah. So I relate to you so much Mm -hmm. and I love the way that you live your life. It's just beautiful. You're a mother, you're a business owner, mm. author, podcaster. <laughs> what else? I mean, you do so many things. Yoga teacher. So how did you get started in this wellness spiritual space? That's an interesting question because I was always a weird child. <laughs> Same. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like this whole spiritual thing was really uh, ever since I was little. And I think my practice has been more so of trying to be human and 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 be able to be grounded in this life and experience everything that I'm supposed to experience. I really kind of lived in the rainbow when I was younger. I really feel like I was in between planes when I was younger. Mm-hmm. My dreamland was very wild and I had a lot of spirit guides and and stuff like that. Did you talk to them? Yeah, I talked to oh, all of so them. When you were young, you were totally aware, totally connected. Wow. Yeah, yeah, and it was it was challenging um, because I always felt so weird and different, and I would rather spend time alone because I never really felt alone. I kind mm-hmm. of had this tribe on the other side that I was always with. Um, so my childhood was interesting, but. I grew up as a dancer. My mom had a dance studio and dance really saved my life as far as uh, being able to transmute energy and feelings. It was my way that I communicated and dance was my life, you know, uh, my entire life. And then I transitioned to yoga when I was around 18. And actually the first thing that I found was breathing technique. I was dealing with some anxiety that I think was just associated with, I know that you can relate to all of this, but I'm very sensitive being, and I was taking on a lot of energy. I grew up in a dysfunctional home. So I was kind of like the mentor, even at nine, 10 years old, people were coming to me for advice. And Mm -hmm. um, I started dealing with some anxiety. So I was gifted this yoga book and I started uh, practicing pranayama breathing at 18. And then I became fascinated with the asana practice. And because I was a ballerina, I could pretty much do that stuff already. But I just fell in love with yoga. It was the first time, which was crazy because I grew up as a dancer, that I made the mind-body connection. Mm -hmm. Like nobody ever teaches you how to breathe in ballet, which is insane. And nobody ever teaches you to listen to your body. Like you're just told to push through everything. And, uh, you know, if you're in pain, just keep pushing through. And that was kind of coming full circle. Um, when I got diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis at 29, that was the biggest shifts that I had to make was I had this really rigid, um, uh, discipline and I was just told 
my whole life to just push through pain and keep going. And then all of a sudden I was forced to really start listening to my body. And that's still a practice. I mean, as you know, living with a chronic disease is the most humbling Beyond. I feel like we'll be able to talk deep into this because it is, it really is. So when you were diagnosed and you at that time had a child, a Mm four-year-old, what were some of the symptoms that you first started experiencing? Yeah. And I just want to preface because this is what's so interesting. As I was, I told you, I was like always different. I'm not a vegetarian now, but I actually became a vegetarian at age 11, which was so weird. Me too. Growing up in Chicago. Right. It was like, it was like my grandmother literally said, you're going to die if you don't eat meat. Wow. <laughs> like yeah. it was so, so it dramatic. Was like the anti uh, family yeah, was Yeah, it was just, it was so weird, but. I felt like the epitome of health. That's what I want to preface before I got sick. I was practicing yoga, you know, every type of yoga, Ashtanga and Hatha, Kundalini. I was a vegetarian for, you know, over a decade. I gave birth at home naturally. I was breastfeeding. I was really what other people considered to be the epitome of health. And then my body just started to shut down and I ignored a lot of the signals. Again, I think because of my dancer background, I was kind of used to just being in pain. And then I was a single mother, not by choice, Um, but I became a single mother and I was breastfeeding and I was working. So I always kind of had an excuse as to why I didn't feel 100%. And, um, exhaustion. It was like, even if I was getting 10 hours of sleep, I was just exhausted. I had uh, swollen knuckles was the only visual thing. I kind of felt like I had the flu. I had low-grade fevers, like a sign of infection. But the worst thing was, is I went from doctor to doctor, Eastern, Western, homeopathic. I went to all different kinds of doctors and everybody would look at me and be like, you're fine. Even if they did blood work, they weren't, nobody was actually looking for the RA factor, which was what eventually happened as I finally went to a rheumatologist and I got um, tested for the RA factor. But prior to that, everybody really dismissed me not feeling right, which I'm sure you can relate to. (laughs) totally. With the whole, you look healthy, you look great. It's very invisible illness, Mm -hmm. which is so hard. Yeah, it really is hard. And, um, And I think that was the biggest lesson for me was, uh, (laughs) is I didn't really feel like I could rest because, um, that's not really in my nature anyways, as I'm used to, like I said, pushing through. So the signals in my body got worse and worse until I had no choice, but to really listen. You know, I was bedridden for almost a year of my life and, for for some for anybody, but especially somebody who was used to using their body um, and dan- and being a dancer and, and using movement as a form of communication, it was it was the biggest lesson of my life to not be able to move. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That must have been so hard. Yeah. So what did you do? How did you not lose hope? <laughs> I mean, I think my son was was my biggest motivation. Um, and going back to being humble, I had to start asking for help for the first time in my life. You know, prior to prior to being diagnosed with RA, my anthem was "I'm a strong, independent woman, and I don't need anybody." Mm-hmm. And that was really my motto. And then all of a sudden, 
um, you know, the disease teaches you so many things. It's, it's insane. But, but one of the big lessons was being able, being able to ask for help. Totally. And, and I had to reach out to friends and family and ask people for support and put my tail between my legs and be like, you know what, actually I, I need people, you know? Yeah. It's a, it's a hard thing to do. I feel like I'm so similar to you in that way. And it's interesting researching disease and things like cancer, which is different from, from what we both have, but energetically not that different at all. Um, They say the similarity between women who get breast cancer is that they can't ask for help. Mm. They've never felt like Mm -hmm. they could ask for help and that they shouldn't ask for help and that that would be weak Mm. and they carry the weight of the world on their shoulders, which I find so interesting. And what a lesson to learn. Yeah. That asking for help (laughs) is actually amazing. Yeah. It's so hard. Why is it so hard though? Like that's, I ask myself the same question. Yeah. It shouldn't be so hard. No, it shouldn't. I grew up in an environment where my mom was a single mother as well, and she was very strong. And I've always tried to make these connections, like where did this dis-ease come from? And um, I I noticed that this interesting connection, talk about the spiritual connection, Louise Hay says it's self-criticism, which is Mm -hmm. dead on for me. I just got chills. Yeah. (laughs) It's like I've criticized, you know, and growing up as a ballerina, that's all you do. You're criticized and you you have a mirror the size of the entire studio so you can criticize yourself as mm-hmm. well. Um, but growing up in that environment, my mom was a dancer too. The only time that I got to rest, I had a very rigorous schedule, was when I was sick. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I have so many chills. <laughs> totally. Yeah. So I wonder, like, did I subconsciously give myself this illness so that I had an, a reason to rest. Like, why don't I feel valid enough to just rest? I know. (laughs) You're such a mirror for me right now. Yes. Oh my God. I mean, not to bring it back to myself because I want to hear everything about you, but I just relate so much that with Lyme, when I've gone on these deep journeys within myself to ask the disease, the dis-ease, where did you come from? How can I support you so that you know, you can leave my body and I can be healthy. Um, what Lyme has spoken to me is exactly what you just said, which is that permission to rest and looking back on my life too. I'm getting goosebumps. I know, major <laughs> goosebumps. So it's funny. crazy. <laughs> but like looking back on my life, the only times that I ever rested or was even alone without somebody with me, because I felt like I love being alone, just like you. Mm. But for so many years of my life, I just was never alone, ever. Roommates, like just ever, I would just surround myself with everybody. I was never resting or alone unless I was sick. And then when I was, it was like blissful. And I told a friend of mine um, a few years ago, I'm looking forward to having this uterus surgery, this very intense surgery, (laughs) because I can't work and I have to rest for like a month yes. and I can't and I can probably turn my phone off and like I don't have to be on at all and she looked at me and she's super honest with me she was like that is not normal that is not good that you're looking forward to your body being cut open oh, I could totally cry yeah just to rest yes 
Yeah. And that resonated with me, but it's still something that I'm learning. And you'd think like after being bedridden, just like you, that maybe I would <laughs> learn, but it's still so hard. It's like these deep truths ingrained in us or things that feel like truths. Yes. And just like you just said that your friend was honest with you and said that that's the practice that I try and go back to is like, what would I tell my best friend? For some reason, I have more compassion for myself when I put it through that filter. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it's not really there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and you would tell anybody that you love and care about to just rest and yeah. take it easy and you deserve it and you're worthy no matter what. Yeah. It's so mm -hmm. simple and so challenging. Right. And the crazy thing is, which I feel like we both are pretty aware of, that is not only the way to heal from disease, but it's also the root of why we're sick. Yeah. I very much feel that way among many other reasons. But when you look at those deep-rooted emotional reasons, mm -hmm. that's what it is. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I completely yeah. agree. <laughs> and you, you mentioned Louise Hay, um, who is such a teacher, like so amazing. So she's someone whose work that you followed, I'm gathering. Yes. And like, who else in the spiritual realm did you find that have helped you through this process? Mm. I'm trying to think if anyone else jumps out. Well, you interviewed Peter and Peter said some really interesting things to me. Um which I could even, I could take it even deeper, but it's really hard when you get diagnosed with something because you don't want to attach yourself to it, but you also want to explain. That's why I think in the beginning I said, I'm thriving with RA because I think words are so powerful. And Peter said, there is RA. And he kind of put his hand out to the mm -hmm. side, meaning it's over there, it's detached from you. And I think that that was something that made a huge shift in my life. Um, you know, after I went into remission the first time, I wrote a book about it and shared. And then I felt this sense of pressure, like, well, now I have to stay in remission because I just told the entire world totally. that I cured myself. And then somebody, somebody really wise said to me, you know, it's just another book, Jesse, don't worry. And I, I think that. that that's the greatest lesson about living with a chronic disease is it is ever evolving and ever shifting. And part of dealing with it is just being able to remain open and adaptable. And then just like what Peter said is it's not my story. Like it's taught me what I needed. It's taught me more than anything in my life. And I keep telling it, I'm good. I love you but I don't need you anymore. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like, I'm good. I've told, I've helped enough people. I'm good. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I get that deeply. And what you mentioned about writing a book about it and going through something like this in the public eye mm -hmm. and then taking on that pressure of you've, you've helped others heal. So you have to be healed yourself Yeah. or else how will you ever know what you're talking about. Exactly. That's a lot of pressure as well. Yeah. And the truth is, like you said, it's always evolving. And I think that's even more inspiring than reaching this destination that's not really a destination at all. Heal it, like healed, totally yeah. healed yeah. land. There's no such thing. No, I think that's, that's what, totally yeah, that's true. the lesson mm -hmm. in itself. Yeah. Right. Because how could there be? 
Yeah. So you went into remission. Uh, when So how long between when you got diagnosed and then you went into remission? So it came on really strong. Um, and I love telling this story because I was actually getting my yoga certification when I got diagnosed. Cra- this was a crazy experience for me as well because I really... I was still modeling full-time, but all the yoga companies were just starting to come about. And I thought, if I get my yoga certification, I'll stand out from the rest. So I went to go get my certification and I really went in there with my ego. Like, I'm a dancer. I've been studying since I was 18. I just need my stamp of approval. Exactly. Where did you get certified? Yoga Works. Cool. Yeah. Um, But my body shut down, like literally like day three. Um, and I had to, you know, I told my teachers that I just got diagnosed and my body is, you know, it's acting really weird. And I just don't know if I could do the asana practice. And of course, being yoga teachers, they said, as long as you're here, you get credit. So Mm -hmm. I had to sit on the sidelines and watch my peers practice asana, which is, it was the most uncomfortable position for me to be in because again, that was the way that I communicated. Yoga was my life. Such a lesson. Such a lesson. And I think, and as you know, like for me, there's, there's seven other limbs of yoga and I was able to dive fully into those because I couldn't rely on the, the movement. Like I always had, I forgot what the original question was because oh, I, yeah. I went the on mission. a tangent. So how long oh, was yeah. it? Yeah. So, um, I actually did everything Western originally because they believe if you treat it aggressively in the beginning, you have more of a likelihood to go into remission. So um, I did methotrexate, which is chemo, and TNF blockers, which is basically immune suppressants as well. One of the side effects is actually lymphoma. Terrifying. Terrifying. Um, And like I said, I gave birth at home naturally never took Tylenol, never took prescription drugs, like n- nothing, like no Benadryl, no allergy medicine, like nothing. And all of a sudden I'm taking, you know, uh, methotrexate, which is basically chemo. And of course my body rejected everything. And I had every single negative side effect, you know, thank God, not, not cancer, but um, I was bleeding, uh, you know, and then the doctor said, let's just put you on birth control to regulate your cycle, even though it said on methotrexate, like you could start bleeding. I mean, just everything. The lines became blurred between the side effects of the medications and the symptoms of the disease. But I had to do that to like prove to my family, like, see, this right. doesn't work. Totally. Please help me go the holistic route. I need your support. Yeah. So... I basically spent my life savings um, up to that point. I hired a macrobiotic counselor by the name of Mina Dobik. And my entire life was regimen. And I know that you can relate to this, where what time I would eat, what time I would walk, I would do a body scrub, ginger compresses, like every single thing was, was planned out. And they said it took 90 days for your body to go from acid to alkaline. So I thought, I'm going to give myself at least 90 days. But nothing worked. Like my hands didn't work. It would take me, you know, 15 minutes just to get my elbow to my mouth in the morning. And then it would take me another two minutes to open my jaw to like brush my teeth. So I had to hire a chef to help me cook the meals um, that it took. And um, my body, I always say that the spirit, the spirit is always healed. It takes the body a little bit longer. I felt 
more clear than I ever had in my entire life eating that clean, no sugar, no mm-hmm. alcohol. I ha- still hadn't eaten meat. Um, I would only have one green apple a week. It was very, it was very clean, but I was eating a lot of food. Um, but my body was just taking, taking longer and it was so hard. I was a single mom. I was still trying to take care of Kaleo and yeah. it was very tricky. So my family actually intervened after about six months. They said, okay, I think you need to go back to the rheumatologist just to make sure you're okay. A lot of people don't realize rheumatoid arthritis is systemic. It's an autoimmune disease. So it not only affects your joints, but it can affect your eyes, your ears, your lungs, your heart. And by the time I went back, I had inflammation of all of those things. So she hooked me up to an IV of steroids for an hour. It was uh, the first time that I'd ever gotten steroids. And the next day I could walk with ease. I actually started running five miles a day. It was the first time that I've ever ran in my life. I was so excited that I could walk and move my body. Um, and then I did, uh, I went back on a TNF blocker for about six months and then I weaned myself off of that. And I was in remission for a couple years until, um, a stressful situation in my life happened. And I knew exactly the moment that it happened. Really? Yeah. It just, it comes back. It came back on. I was living in survival mode. I was in between relationships and moving. And I think everybody can relate to these moments. Your adrenaline kicks in, you're in fight or flight. And all of a sudden I have to move this like six bedroom house by myself. And I have a kid and I'm trying to figure everything out. And I was in survival mode for about three weeks and we moved into our new house and I finally got all the furniture into the house and I laid on the bed and I was just like, thank goodness everything is done. And I felt it creep in. It was like, I finally let go. And that's what disease does is it looks for that window. It looks for that little break in your immune system just to sneak in there. Totally. And it, and it came back. I had a huge flare up. This was a couple of years ago. Um, and then I was like, okay, what else do you have to teach me? Exactly. <laughs> and you just become open to it and yeah. <laughs> the lessons that it has, even though it's awful. Yes. Um, and then how are you feeling now? So now I feel like I'm such an unusual case uh, for many reasons. I don't have like visual uh, inflammatory factors. I have the RA factor, but I don't have like any like in blood work or anything, even when I've gone to healers, like no one like can pick anything up, but from having years of chronic inflammation, my, some of my joints have shifted in my hands. So that's what I'm dealing with right now Mm -hmm. is, um, is joint damage because you know, the body, it attacks your body. So your joints start to get damaged. And this is kind of the time frame the stereotypical time frame that that starts to happen. So I feel amazing. My energy level's great. I'm sleeping good. I feel great. But um I'm dealing with a, with a lot of issues with my hands. That's yeah. painful. Yeah. So I saw that you went to a doctor recently that told you that you could maybe never do yoga again if you got like a specific surgery or procedure. So yeah. what what was that? Because that sounded so scary. Yeah, that was like it was just such a shock to my system. 
So my joy, I've done everything I can holistically. I even went to Columbia to get um, stem cells injected into my hands. And basically the joints have shifted. I'm going to have to have joint replacement. Like it's not something that I can spiritually will mm-hmm. to happen. Even if though only. I'm still praying yeah. for a miracle, I'm like, okay, but I don't literally, I literally need new joints. But mm-hmm. so I went to, you know, one of the best doctors in LA that was referred to me by several people. and. You know, during this time frame, it's 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 a different time, anyways, because you know we both have masks on. I can't really read his face, and I'm going in there, you know, really wanting answers and hope. Like, can I have surgery? Can I have the surgery? I feel like my body is strong enough to recover and go through rehab and be stronger than I ever have been. And I was asking him about different positions that I could do, and I kind of put my hand flat on the ground, and I said, "Will I be able to do this?" And he said, oh no, you'll never be able to do yoga again. And he said it so bluntly, exactly like that. It was like somebody told me my best friend died. And the rest of me being in his doctor's office was just me trying not to cry. Yeah. And I completely, I just blacked out. I don't remember anything else that he said. Um, But basically what he was saying was, you know, if I would get the hand surgery, um, I would lose most of my strength and I would be limited, but I'm limited now. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I'm still doing yoga, you know? I mean, my life prior to my hand uh, being the way that it is now, I was doing back bends and handstands every day. I'm not doing that, but uh, right. everything can be modified, you know? Totally. That. Yeah. Let's talk about deep sleep. This is something I do not get enough of, but it's very important. Did you guys know that there is one phase of deep sleep that almost everyone fails to get enough of? And this one phase of deep sleep is responsible for most of your body's daily rejuvenation, repair, controlling hunger and weight loss hormones, boosting energy, and so much more. So that is the deepest kind of sleep. If you don't get enough of it, you'll probably always struggle with cravings, slow metabolism, premature aging, or even worse. As Jesse and I both know, it could get much worse with chronic illness. So the reason why some people, actually most people, don't get enough of this one most important phase of sleep is because of magnesium deficiency, which is probably something you guys are learning for the first time today, unless you've known about magnesium deficiency, because over 80% of the population is deficient in magnesium. So magnesium increases GABA, which encourages relaxation on a cellular level, which is very, very critical for sleep. Magnesium also plays a key role in regulating your body's stress response symptom. So who's anxious and who's stressed out there? Because I know it's not just me, especially with everything going on in the world. But I'm not telling you to go out and buy a magnesium supplement because it's very important to understand that most magnesium products out there are either synthetic or they have only one to two forms of magnesium when the reality is your body needs all seven forms of this essential mineral in order to sleep. So that's why I recommend this product so highly that one of my friends introduced me to, which is formulated by Bioptimizers and it's called Magnesium Breakthrough. So taking this magnesium before bed will help you relax, help you wake up refreshed and energized, and you will really, really, really notice this deep, deep sleep, which 
I've been getting lately and it's changing my life. So by Optimizers is offering free shipping on select orders and they also offer a 365 day money back guarantee on all of their products. Plus they have a customer satisfaction rating of 99.3%, which I think is so impressive. So you can get 10% off of Magnesium Breakthrough, the best aid I know of for boosting deep sleep at bioptimizers.com slash blonde. Be sure to use the code blonde10 for 10% off. That is bioptimizers.com forward slash blonde, B-L-O-N-D-E, blonde10 for 10% off. Enjoy. They are amazing. And tag me on Instagram when you try. Now back into this episode with Jesse. I like your outlook and I think you can definitely do yoga again. That's <laughs> yeah. just the overarching feeling that I have. And yeah, I don't love that doctor's choice of words. I, I mean, to even say that to someone is just so limiting. And as Peter, who you mentioned, teaches, limiting beliefs are something that we can always bust through. Like, and if somebody says that to you and you believe it, it could be true. Mm -hmm. But if you believe that it's not true, then that could be true. So that's a hard pill to swallow and really tough, especially for someone who is such a yogi and you have like so many, just, I've seen so many beautiful images of you in back bends and handstands. I see it in your future. Absolutely. (laughs) It's so interesting because I like literally mourned for like two days after uh, I had met with that doctor because I had such high hopes that he was going to say, oh, we'll just do surgery and you'll be fine in six months or whatever. But now I have to thank him because my practice has been more intense since that doctor's meeting than it, like, it, it totally drove me. And just mm-hmm. like you said, like you have a choice and I chose not to believe him and to actually prove him wrong. Mm-hmm. So now I'm back on my practice and, you know, yeah, <laughs> I'm using that. it. I love that. Yeah. I see only good things. Thank you. Yeah. So with chronic illness, there's so much learning that comes from it about ourselves and gifts that we receive. And I know that you are also into all the 5D stuff and spirituality and star seeds and things that we talk about on this podcast. So when did you start to wake up to those things? Other than when you were a child and talking to spirit guides. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly it. Like I always felt different. And then I remember, you know, years ago learning about just being an empath. Um, And then when I had my son, I read books about crystalline children and everything was like, oh yeah, that's, that's, I can connect this, this makes sense. Um, And it was funny when I met my husband, he's, I feel like intuitively he's, very similar to your husband and the fact that he's a healed masculine divine. He's such a rare breed. Totally. <laughs> yeah. And he said, he told me you're a Pleiadian. And I'm like, I'm a who? What? He told you that? He told me. I love him. Yeah. And I was like, what? And then, you know, this was like two years ago and I just started researching and it was just like, it was just like somebody saying to me, like, all of these things that you thought were so weird about you, like everything just made sense. Even Mm -hmm. chronic disease, Mm -hmm. like everything, (laughs) this inner drive that I feel like I have to like heal the world and like, you know, all these things. I was like, it just made so much sense. And I was like, oh, okay. 
Yeah. You are so Pleiadian, <laughs> by the way. I mean, so people who listen to this podcast, most likely they have heard me talk about Pleiadians or maybe they're here because of you and they've heard you talk about Pleiadians. And it's such a beautiful thing. I had a very similar experience of, I wish it was my husband that had told me. It was more like me telling him and he was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and now he loves it and totally is like such a star seed himself. Um, it just made everything make sense. And it made me feel so relieved that to be such a sensitive person in the world and so sick, mm-hmm. although I try to not call myself sick, just yeah. like you, just mm-hmm. having had the sicknesses, it just made everything make sense. Mm-hmm. And it's a beautiful way to live, to be in touch with these higher realms of love and these higher dimensions. Yeah. So do you have a practice now where you channel or talk to the star seeds or anything? I mean, I think I always have. I just didn't really know what I was doing, you know. Um, but something that that I really love right now that I feel like people um, in general are all feeling on a conscious level is the more that you tune in with yourself, like especially right now, everybody's in quarantine and going through a lot of things that we're being forced to really tune in. But the more that you tune in, the more knowledge you get. It's a, it's like a decoding. So nothing that you seek is coming from the outside. We've heard that. But I never heard it put in the terms of you're actually going to get more knowledge the more you tune in. Like you're going to start decoding information. And then the more you awaken, the more you receive, and the more that you, um, you know, a lot of people on social media are talking about being woke and everybody has these different ideas about what that means politically, but coming to a state of love and, and knowing that we really are all in this together Mm -hmm. in a state of peace, um, and that we're all connected. But the tuning in part is just fascinating to me because like I said earlier is I feel like having this human experience has always been really challenging for me. Like I would be totally fine just in a tree house by myself with some trees. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But I, I, I realize I have to have a job and I have to function and I have to be with my feet planted on the floor. But, but the moments where I get to meditate and tune in with myself and, you know, I, I have to have those moments. Absolutely. Yeah. I can't live without it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Especially living in a city like LA because yes. we don't necessarily get all of those treehouse nature moments unless we really seek them out. Yeah. So that's important. So how did you meet your husband? I saw that you guys just got married. We did. Congratulations. Thank you. Your ring is so beautiful. Thank I'm looking you. at it. It's gorgeous. <laughs> how did you guys meet? You'll love this because I manifested him entirely. Yeah. Love. Yeah. Uh, you know, relationships was one issue, one area of my life that I never felt confident, confident in. And I think also relating back to being a star seed or however you want to phrase it is I was choosing a lot of people that, um, were broken or that I could heal or, um, falling back also on, on me being that strong, independent woman. I was getting a lot of like feminine type of men where I was being the caretaker. So I realized that I had a lot of work to do. 
um, right before I met my husband. And I really dove in and did just a ton of work on forgiving myself for entering all these horrible relationships and practicing self-love like to an extreme. And I wrote out exactly what I wanted in a partner. And I've done that before, but this one was like so ridiculous. It was like three pages and it was so specific, uh-huh. so specific. Um, and then the most important thing was I I put that in a sacred place and then I lived my life at, at the highest vibration. I remember making that conscious decision because I knew whoever was going to come into my life was going to match my vibration. Mm-hmm. And I was, if I was in a state of lack, I was going to get somebody that was like broken or whatever. So I just wanted to live my life full. And I was saying yes, yes, yes to a lot of things at the time. And a friend of mine at the last minute said, I got tickets to Stagecoach. Do you want to go? I had never been to Stagecoach. And I was able to make everything work with having someone watch Kaleo. And I said this to about five people. I said, I'm going to Stagecoach to found my cowboy. Yes. I said that out loud. I didn't know what I was talking you about. You totally manifested yeah. it. And then on the third day, uh, it, there's a three-day festival. On the third day, um, I was there with my best friend and our feet were killing us. Anybody that's been to a festival, it's like day three, your feet are killing you. And and she uh, she was quite tall as well. She's like six feet tall, taller than me. And I said, we need some six foot five cowboys to carry us home. And I turn around and two six foot five <laughs> cowboys are walking right towards us. That is amazing. And we just started laughing hysterical. And they're like, what? And I was like, I literally just prayed for you guys. And that was that was pretty much it. That was it. We just, we connected. We danced that night to Garth Brooks. Oh my God. And then he found me on Facebook and we went on like a Sunday date, which I loved. Um, he lived in Venice Beach. Sorry. We lived in Venice. He lived in Venice Beach and he said, come Sunday and just hang out with me and my friends. And I thought that was so cute. Totally. And I was just like, I knew right away. I was like, this is different. He is different. Yeah. What are the chances that he would have been walking <laughs> towards you when you said that? I know. He lives in LA. He's single. Like yeah. everything that you were calling in. Yeah. It was divine. It was divine. And we've been married before. I mean, there's so much connection with us. Like spiritually, uh, I could do a whole episode on him. He is, um, the most incredible human I've ever met, not even husband. He's just such a incredible human and spirit. And he is so wise. He, he was really blessed with great parents who were woke, so to speak, but they were like in the early, you know, in the seventies and eighties, we're having like these kinds of talks, you know, spiritual talks. And so he was, he kind of got ahead of the game, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The fact that he knew about Pleiadians and knew that you were one says a lot. (laughs) He's like, I've been looking for you. (laughs) Oh, so had he ever been married before? He's never been married. And he was very picky with relationships too. He was holding out. He told me he was holding out for somebody that had the qualities that his mother had. You know, so beautiful. Yeah. And he seems like he gets along so well with your son, which is obviously so important. It's, it's divine. Yeah. He was actually a, 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 a stepson. Oh. So that was like another piece of the puzzle. His mm-hmm. stepdad raised him um, entirely. So it's his dad. But um, I thought, gosh, what a blessing. Like he knows what that's like. Yeah. On that side. Yeah. You know, everything was meant to be. Everything was meant to so be. So cool. Yeah. So 
your son is in high school and he's basically homeschooled right now, just like all kids in 2020, at least in California. How is raising a son in LA and like being this conscious parent and spiritual person? What are the tips you have for those (laughs) of us who are parents or parents to be? You know, one of the, one of the greatest things in my entire life is being a mom. Like I just, I'm obsessed with my son, obviously. And I just, from the moment I got pregnant to the birth to everything, I mean, it wasn't always easy, but um, I just, um, we have the greatest relationship. And I think parenting in general, like the greatest advice I can give is just communicate and check in. You know, when he was little, I would get on the ground with him and make eye contact. And now that he's 16, still at least once a day, and even though he's home, He's in the water more than he is home. He's like surfing all the time. But I make sure to like constantly check in with him, you know, and make sure that he's good and that he's okay. And and we t- we have the best relationship. We talk about everything and he feels really comfortable talking to me. I'm transparent with him about my experiences as a teenager. We communicate. One of the best advices that I actually got was was from his principal who had a degree in child child psychology. And she said, only answer questions that the child asks. So don't go over and above their head because they might not be able to comprehend. Mm -hmm. So if he has a question, I make sure that I answer it because I don't want him Googling it or asking a friend or, you know. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Yeah. It seems like you guys have such a good relationship. We do. And you're twins, which (laughs) we talked about before we started. It's it's so so crazy. It is. Yeah, it's weird. (laughs) It's amazing. So do you see yourself having any other kids? I do. We, Devin and I talk about it. We want to have kids. Um, We're just sorting out the hand thing. I'm like, do I, if if I do hand surgery, am I going to, do that first. I feel like intuitively I want to get that over with because um, I breastfed Kaleo for four years. And I'm like, if I end up doing that again, if that child chooses that path, you know, then if I did have to have surgery, I would have to, I would have to wait, you know? Right. So I'm thinking, but I'm also 41. So I'm like, I don't have much time I don't, I, I feel like I have time. I don't want to say that, right? but I don't want to be too. You don't want to wait. I don't want to wait too long. I already feel like I've waited long. Yeah. Yeah. It'll happen perfectly as it's meant to. Yeah. But I totally get that because I too, with the health issues and like my husband is so ready to have kids and so am I, but he's like so ready and, and really so am I, but I have some things lined up with Lyme as well. Like the little surgeries and the protocols and different things that I feel intuitively will really help me heal. So I'm always weighing it out. Like, what do I do first? And once you have a child, obviously everything's different. So I don't know. And I definitely have time as do you like, cause divine timing will intervene. Yeah. But these are the things I think about constantly. Does Lyme disease, so with rheumatoid arthritis, you have an 80% chance of going into remission. Is Lyme disease like that? Do you know? It's pretty controversial. People have a lot of different points of view. Even Lyme specialists have really different points of view. I believe, yes, Lyme can go into remission. I've seen plenty of people do it who inspire me so much. And then there's the whole camp of believers that Lyme cannot go into remission. 
especially once it turns chronic, Mm -hmm. which means you've had it for more than a year Mm -hmm. and then it goes throughout your whole body. Right. Um, So it's this tricky thing where I feel like I would love to get it into remission. And then on the flip side, I kind of know that I'm going to have these symptoms that I'm going to be managing forever, similar to you. So if I could just get those symptoms at bay and be managing them and feeling really good, then I would be happy, whether it's quote unquote remission or not. But in terms of pregnancy, it's like obviously so much safer if you get your Lyme into remission because... Lyme can be passed on mm. in utero, mm. um, which is also something that I'm just not speaking into existence. Like yeah. My child will not have Lyme. And I've been told by some amazing mediums and healers that my future children, they are not going to be sick. They did not choose that path. Right. Um, so there's no doubt in my mind that they'll be healthy. Yeah. It's just all these hurdles that I personally have to get over with my body and the healing and what this journey is supposed to look like. And then I'm sure you've had this too, where I have so many people in my life who get very worried about me. And when they hear me saying, I'm ready to be a mom, they're like, oh my God, you need to heat. Like you have so much to focus on. So there's just a lot of noise, which again, makes the self-care, the meditation practice all the more necessary, like you're saying. And the beauty is, I'm just thinking about this, when you're pregnant, it's like the biggest act of self-love. Like I, I'm knowing when, when you do have a baby, it's, you're going to, you're going to nap, you're going to eat well, you're going to do all those things Mm -hmm. that we should be doing for ourselves now. Totally. (laughs) Totally. With ease. Yeah. Yeah. It really teaches you self-love. It's, Mm -hmm. it's interesting. I can't wait for that. (laughs) I have this deep feeling that it will heal me. Yeah. That's what I'm speaking into existence. I do too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be amazing. Maybe we'll be pregnant at the same time. Oh my gosh. That would be so special. That would be so cool. There's a lot of special beings coming in right now. These totally. ones that are coming in now, they're in for it. They need to be light workers to yeah. come into this climate yes, of the they world. Have a mission. Yeah, chills for yeah. sure. <laughs> so tell us about the golden secrets. Your oh. amazing skincare line. It's beautiful. Oh, thank I'm you. I'm so excited that you brought me some products. Oh, you're so welcome. Um the golden secrets. Yeah. It's, I say it's, it was an accidental business. Um, the best kind. Yeah. By the way. Um, much like you, I had a blog for years. It kind of stemmed from when I kind of had a platform through the yoga companies where I was sharing my story with rheumatoid arthritis and I started getting all these emails and like MySpace messages at the time. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. Of people saying, "How? what are you eating? What are you doing? How are you able to walk again? And um, these messages would keep me up at night because at the time there wasn't any information about rheumatoid arthritis like there is now. And I certainly was not the face of it. it they associated it with older people and So I really felt like there was this void and I needed to help people. So I started a blog, The Golden Secrets, where I just started sharing basic information on how I was healing and thriving. Diet, yoga, that obviously started filtering into skincare and parenthood, everything else. Um, But that's really when I started doing more research on like the skin being the largest organ and okay, I've changed my diet. I've 
I've set boundaries. I'm doing all these things. What about the products on my skin? And I was a model for all these years and people were putting horrible things on my face and my body. And um, so uh, a friend of mine, I have been handmaking my own skincare since high school. And I kind of had this scent that everybody associated with me and it was my sacred essential oil. And um, a friend of mine said, why don't you... Uh, put that on your website. Like, why don't you bottle that stuff? And I actually thought it was the dumbest idea. And then I got kind of protective. Like, I don't want people to smell like me. And why would anyone want to smell like me? This is like the weirdest thing. And then I thought about it. And I thought my whole mission was to help people. And this little bottle of essential oil I've had since I was 15, not that actual bottle, but the formula which is based on ancient formula to entice love and romance and abundance into your life. And I thought, I have this with me every single day on all my ventures. And it's a time for me to tune in and check in with myself. And not only do I feel the benefits of the oils, but people around me feel the benefits. And I have to share this, like this little bottle of oils helped me so much. So I launched it on my birthday and it took off like everybody got it. And, and now I have like, I don't even know how many products I have, like 20 products or something. I just slowly started releasing more and more stuff that I was already using on myself for years. And, um, the thing with it though, is having been on the other side, uh, being a model my entire life, basically, I wanted to make it something special. I was already handcrafting it. Everything was organic but I wanted it to go beyond the skin. And so every product comes with affirmation cards to recite um, while you're applying to further entice, uh, to further enhance the benefits and, and create, I wanted to create moments for women and people to just check in with themselves and going back to Louise, Hey, like checking in with yourself, like what's this inner, what's my inner dialogue like? Cause I noticed mine was really negative. Yeah. And so now when I do my skincare routine, I take that moment to check in and say positive affirmations. And I always tell people it's so ridiculous, but if you feel weird saying, I am beautiful, I am worthy, you know, all these beautiful things to yourself, then that's a sure sign that you need to do it because you should be able to scream it from the rooftops, you know? Absolutely. (laughs) I love that. And you're so. Golden and bronze. <laughs> is, so golden is your real last name. Golden is my that real last name. That was meant to be. Yeah. Because you radiate golden light. Aww. And and the fact, because you, you have a product that is like a tanner, right? Like a self-tanner. It's, a, it's got a little bronzing shimmer. It's like an organic mica. It's really beautiful. It's like golden color. Right. It's really beautiful. That is so yeah. meant to be. Yeah. And so perfect. <laughs> and everybody wanted to know, what is your workout routine? Oh, that's interesting. You know, I tell people, well, everything is being modified right now with my hand, but um, I'm still able to work out and things are different right now during quarantine as well. I used to go to Pilates like twice a week. I live on the beach, so I walk on the beach. Um, that's that's my alone time in nature and let the uh, negative ions and all that stuff, like it's necessary. But I walk in the thick sand. So I walk in the middle where it's really deep. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've just been doing like little at-home um, resistant bands. I have little weights. I usually work like the bigger muscles, like the legs and the bum. Cause that's like the area that I feel like I need to work on. But, um, 
Yeah. I mean, I just kind of do little things at home just to get the heart rate moving. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> I mean, you're so strong. And like, oh, thank you. everybody was writing in like, she has the best body. Aww. We need to know her workout routine. I think just like, you know, I feel like because I, you know, I grew up in the dance studio that I had like a really good foundation. So now at this point in my life, it's not really about pushing myself. It's just about maintaining. Right. And it's, it's, it's a much, I have a much gentler practice, you know, but I do try and push myself in other ways. Like I have my yoga wheel. I still try and balance on and, you know, the I d- videos you post <laughs> balancing on that yoga wheel is amazing. No, I have one of those. You. And I feel like if I did dancer pose <clears throat> on top of that, <laughs> I would face plant and I have pretty good balance. So that is super impressive. Thank you. I like to challenge myself in little ways. And I think that that's part of going back to the doctor saying you can't do things. It's like, I like to break those limitations. And, you know, like the biggest statistic in RA is 60% of people are considered completely disabled after 10 years. And I've had it 12. So -hmm. if I can stand on a yoga well and do dancer's pose, I hope that that brings hope and inspiration to somebody that just got diagnosed. You beyond. Know? <laughs> yeah, beyond. Yes, that is incredible. So what does a day in the life of Jesse look like? Oh, um, I work a lot. And we talked a little bit about this before we came on. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, my constant struggle is finding balance between work and pleasure. Um, it's hard for me to allow myself to do like pleasurable things unless I get my stuff done and that that stuff feels like it's never ending. Mm-hmm. But during quarantine, actually, it's been really nice because I don't feel obligated to have to like leave my house as much. I don't have that many appointments or meetings. So um, I usually meditate as soon as I wake up and then I fast. I don't, I usually don't have my first meal till like 1.30 around there. Do you drink coffee? Um, I do drink coffee though. So I'm not technically fasting because I've been adding cream in there, but I don't eat solid food. Mm-hmm. Th- I feel is, like it's still fasting. And this is right now. Like that's what's so interesting too, because sometimes I have a hard time sharing what I'm eating or doing because it's constantly shifting constantly. and evolving. Oh, same. People are like, but you said you didn't eat that. <laughs> I thought you were done with celery juice. Like it's always going to oh, change. Yeah. yeah. Like I went through a huge celery juice kick and then, you know, as soon as quarantine stopped, I was like, or started, I said, I'm not, this isn't realistic for me to get this much produce every day. So I just shifted, I changed. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not doing juicing right now. Um, so I usually have coffee. And then the morning is when I dive in and I get most of my work done with like emails and social media and try and get that kind of stuff done and work stuff. Um and my son, now that he's home, we're working together kind of like we are. So I'm right. like hearing his, he's taking Mandarin. I'm like learning Chinese. I'm like, we need to get you headphones. <laughs> Seriously. That's so cool. He's taking Mandarin in yeah. high school. Yeah, it is really cool. Um, and then I'll usually try and take some kind of a break. That's my that's my thing. It's because I'm, I'm working all the, oh, like most of the day right. until dinner time but I'll try and do my beach walk and I prefer to do it by myself. Um, sometimes I'll listen to a podcast. Sometimes I'll just put my headphones on. So people leave me alone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can just walk totally and tune out. 
Um, and then family dinner, you know, during quarantine, my family and I have gotten so close. Uh, and we, we have family dinner every night and we just got a dartboard. We've been playing darts, um, or we'll watch a movie, take the dog for a walk. It's a pretty simple, it's a pretty simple life. I have a sauna, so I'll do my sauna. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to start trying to do, I just read something about doing it. It's better to do it in the morning, actually, on a fa- in a fasted Interesting. state. So I usually do it before I go to bed because right. it helps me. I'm cold at night and it helps yeah. me sleep, but I'm going to start doing it in the morning and see how that feels. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I started doing it in the morning during quarantine just because I felt like I had more time yeah. and like nowhere to be. Yeah. Um, and it makes me feel so good oh, in good. the mornings. I don't do it every day. Yeah. Sometimes I do. I'll yeah. get on like a routine of doing it every day for a couple of weeks. Yeah. It's really nice. Yeah. But that's interesting. Yeah. I got all my little tricks that I yeah. try and sneak in there. <laughs> I love it. So I'm going to ask you the rapid fire questions that I ask everyone who comes on. So where do you see yourself in 10 years? I see myself living more in the mountains, but still close to the ocean. Hopefully with three children and two dogs, my husband, and having a much more balanced life with work. I love that. <laughs> love. Uh, what are your sun rising and moon signs? Ooh, I'm Sagittarius all the way around. You are? Yes. You're triple. Yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah. And Peter is a triple Virgo. Oh, really? So it's really rare to meet someone who's like, triple like that. Yeah. And the fact that he was just on the podcast. And I you love know him. that. I didn't know yeah. Peter was Virgo. That's interesting. Yeah. He's well, coming he also up. goes by the um, Vedic horoscopes oh, as yeah. well. So then yeah. he would be a Leo um, in Vedic, but in Western, he's a, he's Virgo. Virgo. September 10th is his yeah. birthday. Yeah. I'm pretty um, obsessed with numbers, as you know, and well, dates. So what's I'm, your sign? I never forget people's birthdays. October 11th. Oh, you're Libra. I'm a Libra. Libra. Mm -hmm. I'm surrounded by Libras. You are. Surrounded. What's your son? Sagittarius. Oh, really? Yeah. And what's your husband? He's Virgo. Oh, so his birthday's coming up. It is, yeah. Next week. So cool. Yeah. Wow. Uh, That's amazing. It's so funny. I did the, when I did the last shoot I did for the Golden Secrets, I just called my girlfriends and they all came over. I didn't realize all of them were Libra. Really? They, they all realized it once they all got there. So you surround like, yourself with Libras. <laughs> yeah. Libras get along well with Sagittarius. Yeah. My best friend since kindergarten is a Sagittarius. Aww. You guys are fiery. Yeah. We need that. We are so airy. <laughs> yeah. My so best needed. friend's Libra too. I yeah. love that. Um, what are your favorite foods? Ooh, right now, ramen. Um, what else? I should know. I've been um, I've been eating some cookies lately. <laughs> <laughs> cookies are the best during quarantine. Um, what are my favorite foods? Ramen and I would say pizza. We've been doing like these good p- homemade pizzas at home. We've been getting really creative. Thank goodness Devin is the cook, but been doing a lot of cooking at home. That's fun. So you said you were vegetarian for a long time and now do you eat everything? I do. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Intuitive all the way. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it was interesting because, um, yeah, I mean, I've gone through all the phases, but, 
uh, I think Devin was a big part of that, of having me switch. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I could see that. Whereas I got my husband to be vegan. We always influence, you know, our partners one way or the other. I love that. Um, What is your, oh, we talked about your workouts. Are you a morning person or a night person? Mm. I don't get up too early. So I guess I would say a night person. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Coffee all the way. Um, Who are some of your teachers and inspirations? My cousin, who I owe so many, she planted so many seeds in my life from yoga to motherhood. Um, Who else? I feel like there's a lot, like when people ask me this, there's like so many people that just inspire me that have gone through challenging things and choose to thrive despite them. Um, I mean, I grew up in Chicago and Oprah was like such a huge part of my life. You know, she was talking about things that nobody else was talking about. Um, and I think just all my yoga teachers, all of them have had a big impact on my life. Who were your trainers at yoga works? Oh gosh. Um, Brigitte. Do you know Brigitte? I do. And Oh gosh, this was like 2008. I can't remember the other woman's name. I don't blame you. I know we're getting very detailed yeah, it's here. It's been so long. Yeah, she's a good teacher. Yeah, she's Brigitte's all about great. the alignment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember. It's so interesting because when you were talking about yoga works, I had a very similar experience where I was just there with my ego to get the certification and run off and teach. I got super sick during my 200 hour and my 300 hour, like totally different parts of my life. Wow. um, And sat on the sidelines for most as well. Oh my gosh. So that was just crazy when you said that. That's so crazy. Yeah. Wow. It was a hard time, (laughs) especially for three, well, 500 total hours. Wow. And that's a, that's a, I mean, people that, don't know what yoga works. They're the considered number one by the Yoga Alliance. Like right. it, is it is a not thorough. A joke. It's like going to class. graduate school. Yeah, yeah, it was insane. Yeah, yeah. Wow, amazing. Uh, if you were a color, what color best represents your energy? Turquoise. Beautiful. And what is next for you? What's on the horizon? Mm. I'm. I'm just. Ex- I'm expanding the Golden Secrets going to be more, (laughs) more lifestyle. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah. That's amazing. And you're involved with Sugar Taco, right? The restaurant. Yeah. Have you been? I have not been. As a vegan, you have to go. I can't believe I haven't been. You can get takeout. I mean, I know it's on the other side of town, but you can order. Yeah, I should. So how are you involved with them? Are you like a part owner? Yeah. So there's like, gosh, there's like 15 of us. There's quite a few of us. Um, I I mean, I'm so grateful. Um, the The two main girls, Jade and Brittany, they just asked me if I wanted to be involved. And and the little backstory, which I love so much, is Jade has been an, an investor in all like the most popular Mexican restaurants here in LA. And she's always been the only female on the board. And when she wanted to do her own vegan Mexican restaurant, she's a huge vegan activist. And she could have gotten the money easily. And she said, nope, I want to get a bunch of female influence or not influencers, but female investors Mm -hmm. that would not otherwise have this kind of opportunity. And I was one of the first people that she reached out to. And I was like, absolutely. I would never had 
thought to do this. And it's just the coolest thing that she gave. So it's all woman, female owned. That is and, the coolest. Yeah. And it's it's doing great. We're really, really lucky actually. Yeah. Takeout is going really well. Oh yeah. During this time. Yeah. And we have so a little wild. patio so you can sit in the back too. So cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm friends with Brittany and she's oh, so cool. Oh, you are. And when I saw that you were involved, I was just like, of course, all these amazing women that I know doing things together. It's so cool. Makes me so happy. Yeah. It's really, really cool. Yeah. yeah. I, can't, I can't believe I haven't tried it. That's I know you have my to. List. You got to add that to your list. Yeah, I will. Um, if you could give yourself one piece of advice 10 years ago, what would it be? Hmm. Oh, gosh. I feel like even though, <laughs> even though I said that, uh, I would like I, I work too much. I feel like I should have said yes more when I was younger to certain things. Mm-hmm. I let a lot of things pass me by because I thought there would be more time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> Yay. Well, tell everybody where they can find you. Uh well, my website's thegoldensecrets.com, but I post almost every day on Instagram at Jesse Golden. So that's usually where you can find Love me. your Instagram. Oh, thank Love you. Love your Instagram filter that you have. <laughs> I use it all the time. Aww. The Golden Secrets. I love it. So thank cool. You. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. This was so fun. I feel like we could talk forever oh my about all the similarities <laughs> yeah. we have. And it's incredible. Actually, we should leave everybody with a final tip. If they're suffering from rheumatoid arthritis or any chronic illness, autoimmune disease, what would be your top tip to just feel good in your everyday life? Yeah. I think let it be your teacher. Listen to what it's trying to teach you. And I know it can be overwhelming when you first get diagnosed, but the sicker you are, the cleaner you need to be in all aspects of your life. But that slowly gets better, like the the better you start feeling. So mm-hmm. it's not forever. True. It's not forever. Love. <laughs> Yay. Thank you so much. Thank you. Wow. You guys, Jessie is amazing. I absolutely know that she inspired you listening to this episode because she is so inspiring. She's so amazing. If you're not already following her at Jessie Golden and checking out her Golden Secrets products and following along with everything that she's up to and reading about her daily healing and her life with her husband and her son, then you got to hop over and follow her because she's amazing. Thank you so much to Jesse for coming on today. Thank you to you guys for listening to this podcast for 200 episodes. That means four years, four years of podcasting. It feels like such a, um, just such a milestone. And I'm so grateful to be here talking to you guys. I feel like the luckiest, the luckiest person, the luckiest podcaster. I love our community so much. If you feel inspired to rate and review the show on iTunes, I do have a free gift for you guys. So you can send that to me at jordan at thebalancewand.com. Thank you so much to our sponsors, Athletic Greens, code BLONDE for a discount on greens powder and by optimizers with their magnesium breakthrough product, use that code BLONDE10. 
with them and see my special page at bioptimizers.com slash blonde. As always, with every single episode of this podcast that does have a sponsor, I only, only, only talk to you guys about brands that I'm obsessed with, that I love, that I genuinely take every single day. I feel like there's no point in telling you about something that I'm not obsessed with um, because we don't need more of that on the internet. So you can trust that when I talk about a product, I use it, I love it. And I'm so, so, so happy and just so grateful to have this platform to share with you guys. Thank you so much for being here. I'm still soaking in everything Jessie said. She's amazing. And let me know, like I said in the intro, if you've been listening to this podcast since episode one, or if you're a new listener, no matter how long or short you've been here, I wanna hear from you. I would love nothing more. So send me some messages. I want to hear all about it. Thank you guys so much for the support and the love. And we'll talk soon. Have an amazing soul on fire day.